Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled The Time to Harvest. It was written by Brian Sammons, Charles B. Charles P. Zaglanis, Glenn Owen Barras, and Mike Mason, and it's available on the Chaosium website. Jeff Wilkins is our game master, and this is Chapter 3, Episode 3. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thanks, Tom. So, bring on the lawyers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a little little shift of pace a little bit last episode. You know, the things can't calm down a little bit from the chaos and everything. Um, you back to I guess the previous episode. You guys were experimenting a little bit with finding some bells, um, and then the next morning you were awakened abruptly, pounding on your doors. The police showed up. And they basically asked you nicely um, to accompany them down to the station where they proceeded to start to interrogate you. And just about when things were heating up and wasn't quite, quite clear, or maybe it was quite clear, where they were headed, suddenly a group of highfalutin lawyers stepped in, came into the court, came into the police station with nice suits on, a lot of mumbling and talking outside of your earshot and suddenly you were all just released set free um now upon exiting you were met by them the lawyers in a nice fancy car waiting for you and they asked you to accompany them because mr abelard would like to speak with you um you got into the car and there was a little bit of a standoff um the lawyer that was speaking to you, Mr. Pasquale, was kind of asking you your side of the story. And there was a little bit of hesitation from, I think, all of you to, you know, you guys didn't want to admit to anything either. So that's kind of where we left it, I think, was this little bit of, I know what you know, you know what I know, but we're not saying it. So, <laughs> well... Our lives are in danger because of some of the stuff we've seen. I don't see that I could I could spill the beans about anything. Now, if they tell me that they know what I did and they prove it, then I might admit to it, but not otherwise. I don't know what they're talking about. Okay, that's fine. And um, what's the name of the lawyers again? I can't, I don't know if I took a note of that. Do you remember? Um, or is it not that important? The main, the main name I'll give you the, the person you're mainly dealing with is his name is Leon Pasquale. All right, okay. Um, the other two, I don't, I don't have a name for him, so I'll just no, that's that's fine. Okay, I remember, I remember, um, I remember us all being very concerned about, as you said, giving things away. Uh, but he did say, I think, just almost almost just before we ended it um the guy said to us is there anything you want us to take care of or something like that um so on my mind is my pistol sitting in a a bush or some plants at the bottom of a window um which potentially could be traced back because it's my father's gun and it would be registered i would imagine i don't know um 
So I decide to own up, I think, and say, well, Mr. Pasquale, you could uh, either take us or get somebody to maybe collect something for me that's just outside my dorm, dorm room, my apartment. He kind of raises an eyebrow, like, yeah, I'm listening. Well, because of the way that um, the police kind of came in the middle of the night and thumped on the door, I've got my father's gun. Uh, I, I keep kind of hidden normally in my room, and I thought we'd suddenly be into some kind of trouble because of the chaos, so I threw it out the window. So, and I maybe describe, or I could draw them up. You know, if, if, if we're, we're not going to go, I can do a little sketch and say, you know, it's outside here. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasper, did I, did, did you have one of these alien weapons as well as myself? Somebody, somebody had one. Um, I, I picked one up briefly, um, tried to use it and, and then put it down quite hurriedly right. afterwards. I didn't, I didn't like it. I was, I was, uh, is it tug? Worried yes. I might hurt myself. It's in the bottom drawer, my underwear drawer. Where nobody ever looks to find yeah, anything. They'll, ne- they'll never find it. <laughs> Damn them. They'll have giant. to dig through all the pornography before they get. To <laughs> I don't think the, that kind of pornography really existed. Yeah, in the 1920s, that's like some risque photographs of, of women's yeah. calves. French, French women. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked my, I'm thinking about this other thing as well, you know, because I just put, I told you, I just put mine in my wardrobe, you know the gun and I put my coat over it. That's I think that's what I did. Um I asked Mr. Pasquale, what what's the situation now? We're gonna go and see Mr. Abelard have a conversation. Do we go back to university then or are we going elsewhere? Um I'm is not it? entirely sure what Mr. Abelard's intent is. So I'm not sure I can actually answer that. Why should we trust you? Well, I am your lawyer. He just uh, got us out of jail, Tug. I just basically rescued your butt from potentially really bad time. And I don't mean that literally. Can you, can you tell us again a uh, bad time for what? because I didn't quite catch that at first. Right, okay, so... So he starts flipping through some papers and he says, we have, we have someone that works for us on the inside. That's how we we knew about this. Um, They're basically, it's very early stages for them. I mean, this all just happened and things are still in a bit of chaos. So luckily you kind of have that going for you in the fact that there are lots of things happening at the police station right now. But we basically were alerted to the fact that they're attempting to put cases against all of you. But why us? What kind of cases? Well, he flips through his papers again. He says, Mr. Dorn, you, uh, we have an eyewitness that places you at the scene of a murder with a rifle. Uh, 
what witness? How could how could any witness be trusted to remember anything clearly about that chaos? I mean, that's that's going to be up to them to prove and disprove. But I think from what I found from the notes that I've been given, there are people that were not affected by the quote craziness that happened. So if, if the person appears to be credible, you're in trouble. Well, do you know who it is? No, they, won't, they wouldn't tell us that. I see. Look, I, I, I like crime stories. And the thing is, is that if you've got like somebody on the inside then you or your people must be aware that there's some weird stuff going on at that university. Um, he looks a little confused. Can you, sorry about that. Can you elaborate? Well, like I say, we don't trust you. There's some weird stuff going on at that university, things that have affected us all personally, and we don't know that you're part of it or not. Well, Tug, if they are part of it, they haven't done us any harm yet. It's quite the opposite. Well, they're taking us to put cement shoes on our feet and drop us in the lake. Maybe you're Tug, not, gonna, are you? Maybe we're going to get some answers here from Mr. Abelard. Well, we've heard his name before because we saw a letter from Learmouth to Mr. Abelard. Of federated oil. A federated so, oil. So, say, mister, could we just go by the dormitory and I'll go and get the stuff that I want to pick up? Would that be the best way to do it? Or do um, we need to go? Yeah, I'm afraid, I'm afraid the timing doesn't allow us to do that, but I, I will assure you, I give you my word, we will have some of our people to stop by and get that for you. Where are we going? Where, where are you taking us? To see Mr. Avalard. Where, where is that? Uh, I'm not at liberty to say just now. Secrets within secrets within secrets. Well, then we're not at liberty to say anything either. Okay. That's fine. Don't worry, worry, Tug. It's going to be okay. This has got us out of the frying pan, but let's see where we go. Um, All right. What, um, could everybody tell me what their credit rating is? You're going to be representing us. are we uh, are we meant to have some kind of contract with you? I understand uh, you're retained by Mr. Abelard, but uh, do we need to make some agreement with you ourselves? Um, he basically he opens his briefcase again and he basically uh, pulls out a bunch of paperwork and he says it's already been drawn up. All you need to do really is just sign here. May I see it? Sure. So uh, I look at it, Jeff. Uh, what does it say? 
Um, what's your law skill rating? A solid five. <laughs> <laughs> you can read the first line. First one's indemnified. <laughs> the second one is habeas corpus of suckle. <laughs> you can read. It's written in Latin. Yeah, um, it basically just looks like a whole bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Well, can I use my intelligence to try and get a rough layperson understanding of whether I'm looking at a contract that, you know, says anything about uh, being uh, having some kind of uh, whatever the understanding of the time uh, would have been about attorney-client privilege. Uh, yes, he actually told you that uh, right up front. He said, "Well, I know he said it, uh, <laughs> but uh, well, obviously, what, what I'm concerned about is that his what I'm concerned about is that we're really not his clients at all. That Mr. Abelard is, and that he may not be telling us the complete truth, and that we might not actually that he might not actually even really be our attorney, but only Abelard's attorney." Well, if you can get him to smile and he has shark teeth, then you know. <laughs> uh, you're catching me a bit off guard here as a GM. Like, I don't know the whole legal process. All right. I, I well, does it have my it. name on the paper? That's really yeah. the main question. Sure. Is my... Do you want to take a break for a minute and just... Yeah, let me run down to the, the local courthouse and see if I can get <laughs> a lawyer in. <laughs> I'll have him sit behind me and I can whisper to him. <laughs> I think, guys, honestly... That's an attorney GM privilege, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> does, does, it say, think, does it say our names on the paper? Yeah. Okay. I think, um, let's go and meet this guy and get some kind of answer. Yeah. Um, Danny's been kind of struggling over even saying this, but I'm thinking if we're away, somebody might, like even the police might go and search our rooms and such. So... Um, in fact, I just asked him, would that, could that be a possibility? Would they be allowed to go and search your rooms when we're not around? Would... If, they, if they get a search warrant, they certainly could. Well, yeah, but in order to get a search warrant, they'd have to suspect that we were actually, and they've yeah. already released us. Uh, I say, well, look, I've got a, a, some, uh, how do I describe it? I've got some um, sensitive scientific equipment in my wardrobe and I don't want anybody getting their hands on it. So when that guy, whoever you're sending to get the gun, I give him my key and I tell him where it is and I describe the silver object and I say, make sure they don't press any buttons on it because it can be quite dangerous if you don't know how to use it. Okay. He takes notes of all that. Yeah. Um, he actually turns to you, Jasper, and he says, and I understand you have a, a pet, a dog? I do, yes. And he, he says... Oh, I don't know why I said that with a questioning intonation. Sorry, I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he gives you his assurances. He says, I will make sure that he will be taken care of. Taken care of? Not in that way. <laughs> oh. Okay. He only eats boiled eggs. You, you mentioned witnesses reporting people with firearms. Um, is it possible that 
it could be uh, identified um, what kind of uh, what kind of shots that might have been fired. I know I heard shots. Uh, just um, how likely is it that some evidence from the scene could be exonerating? Uh, I certainly you mentioned uh, certain houses. Uh, well, I have a uh, I have at least one hunting rival. Perhaps uh, they'd be able to determine that I was not, in fact, shooting anyone. Yeah, Is that I mean, something within their, within their abilities? I don't know very much about uh, criminal investigation. I mean, it comes down to the fact that the old saying, beyond a reasonable doubt, and that in and of itself is a bit of a gray area. So you know, outside of the game, there was some degree of forensic back that time. Like we're talking like early stages, like, you know, they might be able to prove that this bullet came from this gun, but that's like, you know, high level stuff for that time period. At the same time, if they find out that there was a murder that you were seen at the scene of the murder, that you had a rifle, that your rifle was the same bore, like the ballistic, the, you know, a 50 caliber say, you know, like all of those things, an, an eyewitness that describes your, you know, the way you looked, they seem reasonable. They didn't seem crazy at the time. You know, like all these things are all just adding up and stacking up against you. Well, my rival's a pretty commonplace rival, but that means that if someone was using a similar weapon and a credible witness says they saw me, uh, is this really just a matter of uh, a jury believing what uh, someone says who doesn't seem insane at the time of the trial? I mean, isn't that what law comes down to, pretty much? Well, you're all the experts. Is there a place to sign? He flips here and says, initial here, initial there, and sign here. <laughs> All right, let's let's just go talk to Applewater. Okay. In the um, secret hideaway. Just hope my dogs will be all right. Jasper, can you do a credit rating roll? You know, it's funny, out of all the police and crime shows I've watched on television and movies, I never once ever remember seeing a lawyer asking their client to sign a paperwork. It's always just like, you're my client, you know? But I don't know. I, I, don't know how it works. I got a hard pass. All right. Okay. Um, let me... All right, so let me let me tell you this: the name Abelard rings a bell in your in the back of your mind. Um, yeah, he's. You would know, I think, that he is basically like Bill Gates of that time. You know, his name is a higher. He's he is like like Rockefeller, right? Um, so I think with your knowledge of finances and stuff like that, or, you know, legal connections within the school, um, 
the, the name would ring a bell that it, at least you know that much. Um, I'll give you a chance if you want, if you have a specific question, I might be able to answer it, but because um, that was a good role. Um, so what, is he mainly um, uh, known as a philanthropist or, or just, you know, a kind of daddy Warbucks, rich guy kind of figure or an innovator or? Um, yeah, that's a good question. He's called a philanthropist in the, in the, the letter he found. Yeah, he's known for, for being a philanthropist. Uh, what's that mean? He likes plants, right? Yeah, philodendron um, A couple other things you might know about him. So possibly you saw it in a newspaper or something. Um, he's rather, uh, not, I was just going to say obscure. That's not the word I'm looking for. Reclusive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's rather, you know, doesn't like press, doesn't like to. He's Howard Hughes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you don't see him. You know, he's not out with the celebrities and partying and all, you know, he's very quiet and to himself. Um, okay. Well, that kind of starts to make more sense that a rich, powerful guy has, has rescued us and sent his three lawyers. Right. Right. So after about maybe a 20 minute drive, you're kind of outside of Arkham proper at this point, and you're down along, actually you're, you're close, very close to the, um, the Boston Harbor now at this point. And you pull up into basically like a section of, uh, almost like docks um, down, down by the dock area. And kind of pull, car pulls back around behind one of the buildings, nothing fancy at all. But when you get to the uh, water edge or waterfront there, uh, you see there's a really quite fancy plane waiting for you. We're going on vacation. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to fly on something. Flying is not natural. Vacation? Just like Professor Leomoth then? This, this will be fun. This is like an adventure, guys. A water wow, landing biplane. Wow. It's quite roomy, you know. You can see the the two pilots are there in a the cockpit, and there's quite a big belly area that you know. Why is there a big target on it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a British plane. Could, could be Finnish. I think the the pictures I was choosing from somehow brought me. Is it RAF? Is that the term for the Royal Air Force? Yeah. I don't know if. The, I think they, yes, I think that it was the RAF then. Or it might not have become, it might still have been the Royal Flying Corps. Then. It was in the 30s, was it in the 30s sometime that it changed? Because it went so, For the sake of the game, just ignore that little painting on the side of the plane. It's a big sticker that says Federated Oil and Chemical. Dan, okay. Danny's, Danny's quite excited because he's all his ambitions to go on, go on adventures and stuff. So he's he's loving this. Yep, so car parks, let you guys out. Um, Mr. Pasquale joins you. The other two uh, lawyers are staying in the car. And without further ado, you guys take off.
1918 Royal Air Force. Okay. Um, so could I'm you... holding on. <laughs> yeah. What's keeping this thing in the sky? There's nothing up there. <laughs> You're a big guy there, Tug, too. Playing a little low. Um, does anybody have navigate? Hmm. Maybe. Let's see. Beyond a base is what I'm asking. No, to space. Yeah, I've got safety. I have rowing. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a 23 if you want me to do a roll. Oh, so that's nice. a pass, a regular pass. Nice. Um, so here's what I'll say. You know, you kind of were like watching, you know, up clearly. I'm guessing first time you all have been up in a plane. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's looking out the window. You're trying to take the sights in and like everything. And yep. Danny, it's just kind of registering to you that you're headed west, almost due west. Um, that would be into the land. Correct. Okay. Yeah, we're going west, guys. Look down there. Look at the cars are tiny. <laughs> look at that. And it's oh, look, the people look just like it. Oh, that, that is an ant. Sorry. <laughs> Approximately about two hours go by. Oof. You guys start to make your descent. Is the dog on? I thought the dog was at home. I, I thought... I'm confused now. What's going on? Was that Rex? I didn't hear anything. I thought someone just woofed. <laughs> oh, that was me. I just woofed. <laughs> um, how, far, how far have we come? About two hours. I'm actually um, asking. Yeah. Somebody. Danny, do you want to try another navigate roll? How how fast yeah. does the airplane fly? We don't even know that. Give right. it a go. Uh, no, that's a fail. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the distance. It's all different up here. Mm -hmm. is, is the lawyer sitting with us, Jeff? Uh, yes. How far have we come? Um, about two hours. Well, wow, that was amazing. So helpful. You <laughs> could ask the pilot, Jerry. Go, go up and ask the pilot. I suppose I go up and ask the pilot. You're in descent now. The little light comes on. Stay uh, in your seat. <laughs> your seat uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask. Good idea, Danny. I'll ask him on the way out. Uh, I don't really want to miss anything. I go back to looking out the window with astonishment. Does it look like we're coming down to land on water or land? Yes, water again. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe this um, guy's an amphibian. One of the Great Lakes, maybe? That's a very good possibility. If it's a big body of water, I would say it would have to be one of the Great Lakes. It is a big body of water. Um, it's the only big body of water in that right. direction. Right. If anybody in your, if any of your characters, if you think they might be well traveled, um, or Danny, you would have to get another. I'm going to say hard navigate roll. Um, I think I've only been to uh, Cairo and.
down here. Okay. Jasper, any thoughts on that? Well, um, on you go. Uh, I, I, uh, um, I, I once went on holiday to Toronto, which is overseas in Canada. Okay. Danny, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say I rolled a hard would be 12. I rolled a 15, so I'd be happy to spend three luck points. That mm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll give it to you. Do, do, I ha, do I have a gist of where, where, it, where it's at? The, the GM is going to be nice to you for a change. Cool. Just kidding. Um, yeah. I'm going to guess that we're getting close. We're probably near Chicago, or at least at that end of the uh, one of the Great Lakes. I, th I think you're pretty darn close. Um, Danny, it looks like you see the skyline, and it kind of looks a little bit familiar. You've maybe seen pictures of it in the newspaper or something, but it might possibly be Detroit. I'll tell oh, the guys. Okay. I think I think that's where it maybe is, guys. I think you're close, Doug. Yeah, definitely the great one of the Great Lakes. I know my geography. So, you know, pretty impressive landing on water and all that and eventually the plane pulls up to the side of a dock and you get out of the plane and you look around it's a little so it's basically you're you know you're at a dock another dock and basically it's a like an industrial warehouse sort of setting you know big big parking lots um office type buildings, industrial type buildings scattered around, lots of wide open space. Um, and then, you know, not that too far, just hundred yards or so, there is a big old silver Rolls Royce waiting. Mm, silver cloud Rolls Royce, nice. Look at that guys, this is great. I'm loving Beautiful. this. That's a fine vehicle. And Mr. Pesquale basically gets off behind you guys and he just sort of motions like gentlemen towards the car. Um, All right. Yeah, I get in the car. Well, just before that, actually, you're, you're starting to approach the car and there's a gentleman standing outside of the car. Um, he's dressed in like a uh, chauffeur's uh, jacket. He's got a chauffeur's cap on but he's got a kilt on and he's big. He's about six foot seven, big dude, big red hair, big orange, red hair. And he looks to you, to you gentlemen, he says, gentlemen, I'm sorry I have to do this, but could I ask you to raise your arms? Only if you raise your kilt. <laughs> <laughs> and he proceeds to start patting you down. Um, Jasper, did you have the stone knife on you? Yeah. Okay. So he finds that and he just kind of looks at it like a little bit of confusion uh, and he just puts it in his pocket and he, he looks at you and says, you'll get it back. All right, I hope so. That, that's that's, that's a, a, a unique artifact. 
Um, as far as I know, nobody else has anything, right? Is that safe to assume then? Yeah, I literally don't have anything. I was hardly yeah. dressed. Yeah, I didn't have time to grab my knives or anything. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and like, I don't expect you to have grabbed your rifle on the way to the police station, right? So, <laughs> um, so he pats you, get, pat, pat you down, uh, just finds a stone knife. He puts that in his jacket pocket. And he goes over to the side of the Rolls Royce and he opens up the back door uh, and kind of like motions you all towards, you know, to get in. Uh, who's going in first? It's not really important. I'm just curious. I guess I am. Okay. Okay. Jerry, Tug, Danny, and Jasper. Uh, you, Jerry, you're the first one to kind of duck your head under to get in the car. And you just notice there's a, a gentleman there, uh, rather rotund looking. Um, super nicely dressed. I mean, his suit alone could probably feed a family of four for like three months, you know, like the, the level of wealth this guy is displaying is incredible. Um, he's got a blanket like over his lap and there's a woman in the car who's also dressed really nice, but she looks very professional. How old are they? Oh, the gentleman looks to be 50s or 60s. Um, the young woman is in her early 30s, maybe. What? She's dressed like a secretary, maybe? Possibly, yeah. It's personal secretary. Mm-hmm. And this was for, just in case you were wondering, it was about 30. Hello, I'm Jerry. Yes, yes, come in, come in, have a seat, gentlemen. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for um, looking after us at the, the police office, sir. Is the lady pretty? A very beautiful woman with short blonde hair, pale blue I'll, eyes. I'll sit next to her. She is comfortable with her own good looks and is not above using them to get her not above using them to her advantage. Maybe she'll have to get her advantage with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll sit next to her. Okay. Hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you guys probably figured it out. That's actually Mr. Abelard, uh, a, round, a rotund man, um, thinning gray hair, hazel eyes. His face is lined uh, the way the look of an old man before his time. He's got a big old nasty cigar. Well, actually not nasty. It's actually quite good. Cuban. So after you guys get settled in, he's like, I, I really thank you all for coming out to see me. I realize you've been going on limited information and I, I thank you for showing the trust that you've shown. Um, I hope I can maybe answer some of your questions at some point. Um, thank you for your assistance and, uh, and I understand your appreciation of our 
of our research, uh, Mr. Avalard, uh, we, uh, as you say, we know very little about, you know, about your interest or the relevance of our research, but uh, we're certainly all very grateful to be here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you're quite welcome. And I hope you will see this as a sign of my goodwill um, because in due time, I hope that we can soon possibly have some sort of working relationship. Um, I'm aware of some of your, I don't know, experiences, shall we call them. Um, May I ask how? Well, it, it sounds a little bit, you know, I don't, I don't want it to sound like I have spies everywhere or, or anything nefarious, but I want you to understand that when I invest in something, I like to keep tabs on my investment. So I was able to work with the school and to set up the whole field trip to Vermont. Um, I mean, that was my investment. I was, I was funding that, that search, that outing. So I've had, you know, the professors, I've had other people who work for me, basically <clears throat> keeping tabs on what's been going on out there. So from the beginning, you've known about us. Yeah, well, from the field trip, yeah. And are you looking for a source of energy or are you looking for proof of alien life? Hmm. You don't like to waste time, do you, Mr. Roberts? Um, <laughs> let's just say... Well, you know what? I think we might be beyond this. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see the point in trying to beat around the bush too much. I'll say this: I think it's fair to say, and you guys can stop me if 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 I'm barking up the wrong tree. You just tell me, and we'll part ways. But I think we have shared experiences. Um, he looks down at his legs, um, and he kind of like takes the blanket um, and just sort of like pats the blanket and through, through the blanket, you can tell that his legs look kind of like withered. Um, he says, those bastards took my son and this is why I'm in the condition I'm in right now because of them. What is it that they want? That's what we're trying to figure out. I mean, I have some ideas. I have some thoughts. I've been researching this for years now. Um, so we're, we're not totally completely blind going in here. Um, I suspect they want that special ore. And he looks to you, Jasper. Um, I believe you found some. It's an ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um I just I just nipped out for a pistachio ice cream. Um <laughs> sorry about that. Um <laughs> that really threw me off. Um uh well yes. Yeah, I, I have a sample of it. 
Did you not get the sample that they had at the, the university? Was that not passed on to you? I knew you had a sample. I didn't know if you have it on you right now. Um, yes, it's here. Okay. And I'll show it to him. Um, for now, just hold on to it and there's no need. Um, what is it? What's it for? That's the, that's also, we're trying to figure that out right now. Um, that's part of the reason why we hired uh, Professor Learmont. Um, he was, he was helping us to research that, that particular mineral or, or specimen. Is the so, professor okay? I've been very worried about him. We, do you know, we saved his life. Yes. Um, well, they were, they, they we were don't know about, where he is. They were about to swap his brain and we rescued him. How could you know that? Does he remember something? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, do, do a psychology role, anybody who's, who wants to. All right. If Danny said that out loud, I'm suddenly holding um, the top of my head. Are, are double zeros the best or the worst? <laughs> yeah, they're the worst. Worst. Okay, I rolled double zeros. Okay. That's a good role to get that out of the way with. Then. You're looking for ice cream vans. I, I feel <laughs> the enemy. Okay. I'll just say that he acted a little bit funny when you said that that way. The way you put that was a little bit like maybe you just revealed some information that he did not have. And I'm suddenly quite disturbed. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, Tug, Tug, don't don't think about it. Just let let's just um, let's just enjoy the scenery. Have a look out the window. I'm looking out uh, the window. I, I say, Mister Abelard, we we were very uh, traumatized by the things we've been through. So, yes, that's I, I can certainly understand that. That's the other, partially my motivation for bringing you out here too is that I hope you can look at this. Well, it's, it's kind of the same wording that the way I used it with, Mr. with Professor Learmont is, you know, a break. Give yourselves a break. Um, you know, this is, this is my home. Uh, make yourself at home. I want you to relax. I want you to, to feel safe. I want you to, you know, I want you to get well. Is the professor here? He's not here. He's at one of my other locations, though. So you're aware that there's weird stuff associated with Vermont and with the university? Yes. Guys, I don't think he's one of them. I think he's okay. Yeah, me too. It's not, it's not Vermont only. This is, this is worldwide. So this mineral, so, so this, uh, this mineral is uh, just how common is it? The, uh, well, it is, it is extremely rare. It's very difficult to find and get to. Um, but it's everywhere. 
it, it's scattered around the globe, yes. The, the events that happened to myself and my son, that was all in Nepal. That took place in Nepal. And it, is, this, is this mineral their primary interest? I believe so. Now, there might be other things going on. Um, that's, that's what I mean. That's part of what we're doing right now is to trying to figure out what are their motivations. Do you, do you know what it has to do with re replacing people? Not entirely, uh, except that I just know that I think that is one of the, that's the technology that they have that, you know, they're way more advanced than us when it comes to that sort of biological experimentation. When you say they, do you have any idea who or what they are? Through my research, uh, I've come to learn their name, um, at least what different cultures have called them throughout the years. Uh, we call them the Migo. Jeff, does that mean anything to me? Mm, probably not. I mean, you could roll... Cthulhu Mythos. Yeah, you can oh, roll Mythos. I have, well, I have a 4% chance. <laughs> but even if you get it, I'm not sure it would uh, I rolled an 11. Um, is it worth uh, being lucky enough? We'll find out what know? they mean soon enough. Yeah, it's not, probably not <laughs> worth 7 luck. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I've, never, I've never heard of that. You said that people call them this all over the world? That this name recurs. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the names. I mean, well, what are what are some other names? Well, some cultures have different names for them. So I I believe, I know I think some of the cultures that they're known as the Yeti. Um, I mean, it's, it's the it's, abominable snowman. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to describe, and some things get lost in translations, and you know, it's. Is a ninety-eight so you know, a botch, Jeff? As a 98, I botched. Yeah. I, I botched trying to roll anthropology on Yeti. So, but you know that you know that the the stone was not found in any kind of crater. Yes, um, but Learmouth wasn't lying to you because the students who had been taken over were the ones who were lying to him. That's. That's good to know. We suspect it as much, but it's nice to hear that con confirmed. Because they were taken over. And so was, and I give them the list of names of the people we knew were taken over. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to do something that night on the campus, mm -hmm. in the library, and somewhere else. We think they were po they poisoned or gassed people and they were going crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How could this have anything to do with snowmen? Well, the Yeti are creatures living up in the mountains of the Himalayas, and that's folklore, but there have been, there've been lots of, of talk about the Yeti among the Tibetans, so... What you're saying is that these aliens are those things, but that they're all over the place. Is Sasquatch, is Sasquatch one? Quite possible. Uh, they also were, they also were trying to destroy evidence of 
themselves, I believe, uh, because they burned the library down. Yeah, mm-hmm. this can't be right. We would have noticed if uh, if all the evidence they were collecting had something to do with a uh, destroying evidence of the, the uh, of, of of the Sasquatch. No, no, no. They were. I think that they were time travelers, and they were trying to dis- to get rid of any evidence that they were there. I still don't understand why you think they're time travelers, Doug. Because because Robert was looking at something from 30 years ago as if it happened to him yesterday. Well, wasn't that... Well, and wasn't, remember, wasn't that because they didn't, had a, didn't they tell us, too, that some of these... Oh, maybe I'm getting it confused yeah. with another game. Well, that some of them were from different times? Like some well, were from... Well, the he, said they were, he said they were very old uh, yeah. and that they... Uh, they, their minds and intelligences could take over other bodies, uh, and so perhaps uh, they had just uh, perhaps they had kept him since, for, for for decades, and then returned him to a new body. That doesn't well. That's no more being a time traveler than you're a time traveler if they uh, anesthetize you for uh, ten years and then bring you back. And, and what if about time travel? We all do it slowly. Mm. What about John Jeffries? Perhaps he was a failed brain transfer of some kind, or maybe they were using him as some kind of a receptor. Um, Mr. Abelard, uh, do you do you know anything about? Well, do you have any evidence that they have that they can travel between worlds? We saw something. We saw a magical doorway, a, 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 a portal to another world. Well, yes, it's, world. it's just it, it, it appeared as though it, it appeared like it was magic from a story. It, it was, was, like was realer than in the air in front of us. Like a, like a and hole. it opened on places that uh, were like no place from this world. Why, why us, Mr. Abelard? We're, we're just a bunch of college freshmen. I mean, yeah. Why, you, you could hire anyone. You could hire experts or professors or soldiers. Why, why, why bother with us? Well, in fact, I have hired all of those people. But the main reason why you gentlemen have come to my attention is that I believe you have had now direct experience with with what they what they do, what their tactics are. I mean, the, in just this five minute meeting alone, I've learned new items that I've been studying these things for years and you're sharing information that I was not aware of. We think that things are coming through too from the other side. The mole men and the the the, the basement demons and the the thing in the path. And the more men like tug socks, but anyway. They, they were like, I, found, uh, I found this book in the library about Vermont, and it was going on about these starfish things. Yeah, they, they were like they were like satyrs from from mist, but uh, more diabolical and and that thing. We've we've seen a lot of stuff. So uh, that's that's exactly why I need you, and that's exactly why I hope that you will 
I, I've tried to be as upfront with you as I can be. I hope you're not getting the impression I'm hiding anything because I would like to work with you gentlemen. Well, Let's if you're against out. those things, then I'm on your side. That's yeah, me too. Exactly what I wanted to hear because that's what they did to my son and what they did to me. I want they, nothing more than revenge. Wait, wait, they wait, killed wait, all wait. of our friends. Mm -hmm. When you say it did to your son, uh, do you think they have him the way they had that, uh, well, that man who tried to betray them to us? Or did they, as far as you know, is your son dead? Uh, you, you can see you hit upon a nerve and he's a little bit... Dude, it's his son. Mr. Abelard, I've got an alien gun in my underwear drawer in my, in my dorm room. <laughs> Under the boxers. I have um, I've actually sent um, asked the lawyer, your lawyer, to collect one out of my room as well for me, so you'll get to see it. Uh, well, and they better get the one out of my room too. And he looks he looks thrilled. I mean, he you guys have have actually you know you've thrown a lot of information at him, so he's like kind of a deer in headlights right now. He's not sure which way to turn, but he's excited. He's, he's um, not, not confused, but you know, he's, you've given him a lot of stuff to go on right off the bat here, just in this short meeting. We should probably write it all down so that you can go over it all. That's, that's an excellent idea. Um, and he knocks on the, the window, the separating to the chauffeur and the car starts up and starts to drive across the parking lot. Um, and you're headed towards one of the industrial buildings. Um, could each of you do a spot hidden? Uh, this is where the cement shoes come in. <laughs> Zero nine. That's just a standard pass for me. Uh, a standard pass nope. for me too. Extreme. Okay. I'm too excited. My eyes are open to one. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not a big deal. It was just a you can see um on one of the, the, the fence posts going around the, the property, uh, you see the sign for Federated Oil and Chemical. Um, uh, Tug, Mr. Abelard, I just, uh, I just thought of something. Mm -hmm. uh, I, do, I do recall, I didn't make the connection at first, but uh, I do recall reading uh, some accounts of, uh, of, of beings like, uh, well, like, uh, like these abominable pre-humans from well, Tibet and Nepal, uh, other other wild places. In uh, in Helena Blavatsky's uh, *The Secret Doctrine*, she uh, she writes about pre-human races before before the life waves of well of what we know as man. Perhaps these things are older than we are. But they're aliens. They're not. They're not pre-people. Right? I don't remember them saying where they Well, the ones we were dealing with were assuredly people from, well, older times. Uh, who knows what their masters are, but why might not they be some older inhabitants of this planet? We, we saw them, Jerry, outside the cabin. Do you remember? They were more like crabs or lobsters. Insects. Or insects or like something. Oh, you mean, the, you mean the, well, uh, well, we saw it's a limb, but uh, yeah, who, knows if they're, they're, that doesn't, who knows if they are 
the ones in control or perhaps controlled in the same way. Uh, they could have all manner of Jerry's right. It could just savage prehistoric beasts. It could be their pet animal that was they had sicked on on the people, but they themselves sure. look like big hairy men. Yeah, and their children are the little mole people that live in the trees. Mm, and and Mister Mister Abelard is is Mister uh, is Professor Learmonth okay? Yeah, I mean he he was shaken up, uh, which is does the professor know anything about well any of this? Uh, I've been hesitant with how much to share with him, um, and he's in a fragile place right now, trying to understand what's happening. So I have not necessarily been as open with him as I have been with you guys. Well, that certainly seems uh, prudent. Who knows uh, what other agents uh, they may have who could find some way of uh, contacting or pursuing him. I don't think he knew too much anyway because he was being lied to by the the enemies. You know, Mr. Abelard, the other professor um, had been replaced. Uh, which professor is that? Professor Harold. Uh, yes. Um, he was no longer Professor Harold. This is when Professor Harold ever was Professor Harold. Roger Harold. Anthropology. He, he had a. Uh, he was uh, trying to uh, take a set of the books from the library, which I was able to recover. Um, I saw which, no particular. Witchcraft books. Well, uh, they weren't all about witchcraft. Uh, only one of them had anything of real occult relevance. It was. It was actually just a. Uh, one of those uh, books of uh, kitchen law and folk magic and so forth, but uh, it did have a very archaic spell, uh, which I still it still astonishes me that uh, uh, in su su such a rural almanac would contain something of such power. And of course, I wondered what interest uh, that may hold for such beings. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't seem to have much need for for old uh, magical spells. But perhaps they didn't want others to have access to them. What do we do now, Mr. Mr. Abelard? Well, let's take a step back for a moment. Um, I'm aware too that you all have been through these hard times and difficulties. Um, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring you here is because I wanted you to relax. Um, I have people on my staff that can help take care of you. Um, if you want to talk to anybody, you can talk to people. They can help you. Um, if you have any outstanding wounds or injuries, we, I have some of the best doctors on staff. Um, we can we can help you in that way too. Um, Please pardon me for asking this, Mr. Abelard, considering how grateful I am and how much looking forward to relaxing for the first time and well, I'm sure since Vermont. But um, how do you know no one on your staff has been uh, replaced? Um, 
I mean, I guess realistically, I guess that can always be a a problem. I mean, I don't I don't want to say it could never happen here, but I will assure you that I'm aware that it could happen, and that I go to great lengths to make sure that it doesn't happen. Do you have any particular coded means of uh, identification? Not, Passwords, things like that? Not, not to that degree. It's basically just like routine interviews with staff. Um, you know, uh, occasionally we, we bring out a lie detector test and, you know, we, we, run, we run our staff through intense interrogations. Not interrogations. Lie detector. Questionings. Well, I'm looking well, forward to working with you, Mr. Abelard, and and I, we really appreciate you allowing us to rest. And this is, this has been the change that we needed. It's been such a, a battle. And at this point, the cars now come around the back of the building. Um, just to give you a quick, kind of looks like this from the outside. So oh. really not not that fancy, kind of an industrial brick face front, you know, nothing, nothing too fancy. Are we still in an industrial area? Yep, yep. Um, and the car kind of is, you know, you were in the, you basically came from the water front and you came through to the back of the building and there's a, there's a driveway that goes actually down underneath into like a basement area um, and it has like a dirt floor and that's basically the uh, like a parking garage. Um, and everyone gets out. The chauffeur uh, breaks out a um, a wheelchair from the back and helps Mr. Abelard out of the car and gets him situated in his wheelchair. And they they start um, walking with you through this one door into basically like an entryway. Um, and then you'll notice as soon as you walk in, there's an elevator just to the left. Um, the, he, uh, you guys get on the elevator and he takes you up to the fifth floor. Um, at this point, the fifth floor is, it, it's a matter of, you know, from the outside, this was like a very plain looking industrial building, brick face, you know, just nothing. But once you get to the fifth floor and you, the elevator doors open, it's like a whole different story, right? There's fancy furniture, there's opulence, there's, you know, um, it, it's money. This, this is mm. partly where he lives. So Dan, Danny's nudging, tugging, going, look, look at that. This is great. Yeah, I think this is our daddy Warbucks. So he, he just brings you into the, um, the little entryway there on the fifth floor. And he says, gentlemen, I know you've had a long trip. I know you've been through a lot. You've been up since the crack of dawn this morning. So just take this time to relax, uh, get a shower, sleep, whatever you want to do. We'll come back and we'll, we'll discuss this over dinner tonight. Where, where do we go? Do we have rooms? Yep. Um, and he turns and there's... Um, um concierge yeah that's a good word yeah um the concierge is just, uh, this gentleman will show you to your rooms you each have individual rooms um feel free to you know make yourselves at home 
Well, um, thank you very much. I, I, I guess. Can I get you anything right now? Is there anything you all need or want? I'm feeling a bit hungry. Maybe some sandwiches. No. <laughs> I'm a grown lad. <laughs> when we're walking away to our, to our accommodation, I'm going to the guys. I'm going to give up uni. I'm going to work for this guy. This is amazing. Driving about in Rolls Royces and flying in planes. I imagine this guy only hires the very best because he can afford it. Yeah, and don't you realize, Tug, we're the best because we've got all the knowledge. Well, what happens when we have told him everything that we know? Oh, we well, have to. I uh... just want to hire us because we're expendable. Right. Yeah. I, mean, no, I think. Cares? I think. It, he wants to give us a job. Well, well perhaps, uh, perhaps, it, if these minerals are found in tiny quantities all over the world, probably so are people who have seen these things. And uh, maybe a fraction of them survive to become real experts. All I know is that where we are right now, whether this is the, the good guys or the bad guys, there's another side. And that other side would love to get in here and slaughter everyone. And we're here. So I say, keep your eye on, on numero uno. Well, we should... Uh... Well, at some point, uh, we should probably ask him for our own weapons if we're going to be uh, investigating these matters uh, in his employ. I well, think for now, uh, uh, I think for now, a shower, sleep, and dinner sounds uh, about right. Yeah, I have a horrible headache. Headache. All Maybe right. you should ask him for a drink, Doug. Yeah, I don't need a drink. Uh, well, I probably do, but I think I would pass out before I finished it. Uh, well, I'd say good night, but I'm not sure it's day or night. And we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll be getting together for dinner. See you at dinner, Danny. Mm. So uh, yeah, Jerry probably takes a shower and then just passes right out. Yeah, I think I'd probably do the same thing. Curled up. Trying not to remember. We should they'd let us pack some stuff before we came. Well, do we open up the closet and there's like a whole wardrobe of clothes for each of us? Yep, exactly. Perfectly fit. Nice tailored suits. Silk dressing gown. <laughs> These sleeves are a bit long. <laughs> Have you got short arms, Jasper? Pinch yeah, me. I've green. got short arms and short legs. I'm like Sylvester the cat. That Danny's um, loving this. Just in case, just to give you a quick idea, this is the fifth floor. So there's a series of basically, uh, basically it's a hotel, you know. <gasps> so it's the sense of the building generally, as it as if it's almost a hidden 
headquarters, you know, where outside it looks pretty industrial, but inside it's this kind of, well, obviously by the time you reach the fifth floor. Or is it just that the upper floors are just better, you know, when we're traveling up the building and in the lift and all of that? Or is it a rich guy's house who doesn't want people to know where he lives? And yeah. One of his houses, probably. Um, yes. Okay, that would be. A little bit of mixture of all of that. A little bit of that, yeah. So it's yeah. discreet. It doesn't look like, you know, a rich person's house, but it is, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. He's obviously gone to the trouble to make it look like it's an unimportant building down by the docks. We've got our very own back cave. So time goes by, you know, you, you guys get dressed in these nice clothes. Uh, you, you sleep whatever you, you wanted to sleep. Um, eventually dinner time rolls around. Is there anything you guys wanted to do before dinner or we'll just... Hmm. Well, you showed us the floor plan. Does that mean we've wandered around and seen what's up there? Sure. So what's in the library? Yeah, uh, nothing really of particular interest. I mean, it's basically uh, basically a rich man's library. So lots of encyclopedias, lots of fiction. Uh, so he doesn't have occult books? Right, no, nothing unusual okay. in that sense. Do we get anything back for the rest? Um... Hold that thought. Okay. All right. So then eventually dinner time arrives. Does, does he have alcohol in the floor? Yes. Anyway. Yeah. If you guys ask for it, it's brought to you. Well, that was why I was asking. Uh, I don't ask for it. I'm just wondering but, if it's like sitting out. Is there like, or, or somewhere available? Like if you open a cupboard, do you find alcohol in there? Uh, do a luck roll. He's going to burn the building down again. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for the future. Uh, zero two. Wow. Way, way, to, way to use those critical successes on something yeah. valuable, huh? <laughs> you have your own little private wet bar in your room. Right. So yes, the answer to that question of is there anything you want to do before dinner, I think we know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like Jerry's not getting wasted or anything, but he uh, he uh, looks. Uh, uh, I'm sure with an ought to, I succeed in finding some high quality uh, peach liqueur. So an ought to, I'll say you found it. Yeah, schnapps maybe. Wasted an ought to. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna regret <laughs> that with you. <laughs> How many sanity points do I get back just because I found a piece of Well, actually, you know what? That I was going to mention that earlier. Um, do any of you feel like you need sanity sanity loss after your discussions with Mister Aylor? Because he basically confirmed a lot of some of your suspicions. Only if I would be likely to lose sanity because I rolled a 98 uh, when I wanted to just remember what Yeti were and then like went down this weird like pre-human Blavatskian rabbit hole. Otherwise, Jerry probably feels saner because it's real. 
I, I was actually going to say the same thing because the relief yeah. that somebody else knows mm-hmm. was just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can understand that. So would you let us have some sanity back? Uh, in time. I'm, I'm getting there. All right. Uh, actually, what time is it? What time, we stop at 9.30, right? Eastern. Yeah. Yes, 7.30. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. So we've got seven. another little more than half an hour. Half hour. Okay. Um, so he, he brings you in to, to dinner. I'm trying to look at the map here. I don't think it's that important, but. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> um, the concierge comes down to get you right around dinner time, and he just informs you that you'll be dining with Mr. Abler in his private dining area. Okay. So he brings you onto the elevator um, and takes you up to the sixth floor, which uh, you don't need to do any rolls or anything. It's the top floor. Um, and again, the same sort of opulence and, you know, vases in the corner you know just what you would expect uh and in the center of the floor is the formal dining room so he brings you in you all sit down and he starts to break out the meals and the dishes and it's like a seven or eight course meal you know he keeps food just keeps appearing um With the magic, with the ding like that, magically. <laughs> yep, he, he brings the little bell. Uh, our guest, our guest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he he kind of, I would imagine he he says, you know, just enjoy the meal. Uh, any questions you still have, we can talk about after dinner, and maybe we can get down a little bit of business after dinner, if that's all right. Thank you. This looks amazing. I feel like we should actually sit and eat something as part of the game now. (laughs) (laughs) So after a fantastic meal, um, he offers anybody, any any one of you a cigar if you would like one. No, don't smoke. Thank you, I would. And... uh, He starts to pull his chair up and he says, gentlemen, so this is where I need to ask you for your help. Um, Basically, I would like you all, and I know this is going to be difficult, so I want you to think about it. I would like you all to go on another trip back to Vermont. Now, you won't be alone this time. You will be going with some of my best guys. Um, We are going prepared. We know what we're getting into, and we're going to be ready for them. So we're going to have two teams for one. We're bringing in a second team of just uh, basically what amount to mercenaries. Okay, but you know that if you like try to capture any of them, that... They send out their people to throw things at you, and they um, 
they don't like being captured at all. We we, we tried to take uh, one of the mole people as a research specimen. That's yeah, I think I think I think you should leave them alone because they're like they they didn't hurt anybody except that we kind of got in their way. I don't think he means the mole men. Oh, yes. Yeah, so what will what will be re, what will we be looking for? The enemy. Well, in that case, I think we should bring them something as a tribute, and then we can get the bad guys, because I don't think they're the bad guys. Even though I got a scar. Have you ever captured one before, Mr. Abelard? Um, no, I've never been able to get my hands on one. Oh, you're talking about the Yetis. Yeah. Well, if you're bringing guns, that's the best thing because I shot some demons up there with my pistol. And I beat the shit out of one of them. Yes, everything we uh, encountered... Am I allowed to say that here? I'm sorry. Everything we encountered was indeed very physical. I think they were aliens that came through the... the, the Except hole. the door. The door, it seemed... Beyond matter as we would know it. So, so what I would like to do is so. Am I? I mean, is it too soon to ask? Are you guys? Are you guys up for this? I'm certainly prepared to return, especially, uh, especially given that uh, both sets of uh, books uh, recovered contained. Uh, other, other spells or uh, Jasper uh, in the books Jasper found uh, it's mentioned uh, witchcraft of uh, Vermont. Uh, I was rather keen to return there myself. Uh, the opportunity to do so uh, better armed and better prepared is most welcome. Mr. Mr. Abelard, if we're going to be doing this sort of stuff, are we going to be going back to college? So, are we going to work for you? It's a legitimate question. Um, I don't have an easy answer for that. What I can tell you is that I've talked to the dean personally. I have made arrangements with the dean to help him uh, rebuild the library. And of course that got his attention. So he's willing to help me out in the same way that I'm sort of helping him out. And in doing so, he's basically allowing you guys to put your studies on hold. Wow. When this is all done, you know, it's all part of the arrangement that you'll be able to just pick up where you left off. Well, I, I, I guess that's all right then. Well, that sounds like it will work out well for the Dean because he probably doesn't uh, particularly want us there now. And we don't particularly want to be there now either because being there might well mean being in jail. So this certainly seems like a fine arrangement. And he was walking about in his underwear that night. <laughs> That's excellent. I wonder, uh, I wonder how many, uh, how many uh, 
reliable witnesses saw that. <laughs> I remember it. I'm a I mean, good other than, I'm a good other than us. I've loved. Tidy I wonder if anyone took any flash f photography. Uh, you mentioned mercenaries, uh, Mr. Abelard. Uh, can you spare some armaments for us as well? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, you you tell me what you need or want, and I will do my best to make sure that you have it. Well, thank you very much, sir. Uh, uh, I just hope, um, in addition to uh, preparing our equipment, uh, we may have a, an opportunity to uh, just uh, reconsider at least once more what uh, what we saw and think we saw there the first time, and what we are what we are seeking to accomplish now. Um, he turns to you, Danny. Says, "I've been informed by my my associates." Uh, that your weapon was recovered, and if you want, we can hold on to it, or I can arrange to have it be brought here for you. Do you have a preference? Well, if we're going to go back to this, the Cobb's Corner, or out mm -hmm. that way, then um, as long as I've got it for there, but you want to see this other device. Yeah, we, we recovered that too, uh, Mr. Thompson. We um, recovered the device you described. Uh, we had a hard time finding it, but you know, we found it. Um, Mr. Abelard, if I may, um, um, it's, it's not that I, I um, it's not that I don't want to go on this trip of yours. It's just that, um, if I'm honest with you, I, I feel um, a lot better about it and a lot safer um, if uh, if I could take my dog. I mean, he's not just a pet, he's a proper, proper guard dog. He's been trained, um, I assume. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, you know, for tracking and whatnot. I, I can certainly understand what you're saying. At the same time, I would just ask you do you feel like like he would be safe there? Would he should should things go bad, which I don't I'm not don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting that, but it could. I, you know, I want you to be aware of the dangers, the possible dangers. We're we're taking every precaution we can think of, but are you are you aware are you willing to take on that responsibility? Well he's he's my dog. I'd 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 like to have him by my side. Okay, I will make arrangements and see what I can do. I'm um, ready to take these suckers out, Mr. Abelard. Uh, I've, re I've realized the only way to beat them is to shoot them. So bring lots of guns. He, he's like impressed with your go get him attitude and at the same time he's a little bit like maybe he's a little bit too excited um but yeah so it sounds like you're all on board is that very much so uh i was interested to ask have you recovered any uh 
other artifacts or evidence of note. Uh, I understand so far there's the mineral, there's uh, the knife Jasper has found, uh, the weaponry. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, perhaps uh, something related to the, well, uh, I don't think anyone quite explained to you. Um, we had a, a classmate who, a uh, former classmate we found um, halfway embedded in a rock uh, by this uh, portal to elsewhere and uh, his brain was exposed and there was some kind of wiring and perhaps some kind of a, a electronic or electrical receiver. I wonder, have any of your investigators recovered anything like that? Um, he, he's not, I guess to answer your question, no, not really. Um, nothing else strange. Well, so he, he looks back to you cause I think Danny, you asked him this. Um, he kind of like looks around. I mean, it's more out of a nervous habit, not like there's anybody that would be listening, but he kind of like looks around and, he's, and he says, you know, I'm not sure if I was uh, 100% honest with you or if it was just a matter of me misunderstanding your question. Uh, but I believe I have um, recovered six uh, deceased Migo. Wow. What, what, what do they look like? Um, they're horrific. I mean, they, they've been, the best word I can think of is, is, uh, like desiccated. Like they're just kind of like husks. I, 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 but uh, so, um, forgive I, my asking, but what's so, her, her, if they're like Sasquatch, what's so horrific uh, about that? Well, they're not hairy. I mean, that's, I, I know the Sasquatch folklore says that it's a hairy ape-like creature, but these these creatures that I've acquired are not hairy. Um, uh, are they anthropoid? Yes. Um, and they're, I mean. How big are they? Uh, they're like a large human, like, you know, six foot plus. Um, and they have big claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing in the roof. What, what is their skin like? Well, you said they were desiccated, but uh, what what color are they? Uh, do they have faces like our own? Um, yeah, I guess you would call them faces. I mean, they're horrible looking things. They're it's like a black. It's like the like a burnt leather almost, you know, like just hard as a rock to touch. And, and, and it's like some kind of chitin, maybe. Can, there was some. Can we see him? Um, if you think that's wise. You have one here. They're all here. I would very much like to see them. I, I suppose it makes sense to. to to see what we're dealing with, doesn't it? Yeah, if we see it now, then we know what we can expect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's good. 
Yeah, I want to see one. I want to see what we're fighting against. The, the more horrific, the better, because it makes it easier. Well, I need to check with some people first, just to run it by them. Um, basically, we're studying them, you know, so I, I want to make sure that I'm not going to be interrupting the study. Uh, yes, of course. Um, well, I don't see any reason why not. I'm just, I'm concerned... I'm concerned about you guys. Um, From your description, the thing we, well, the Danny shot and that I shot at on the path back from some horrible little shack um, was actually much stranger and more horrific. Yeah, that was different, uh, Jerry, to the one in the roof. Uh, didn't even have a face. Well, it was a white, blubbery, horrible thing. Could you do another psychology roll? Um, any, anybody who wants to. Yeah. Uh, fail. Oh, no, I accidentally rolled two. I have to re-roll. There were two tens. Sorry. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, still a fail. <laughs> Never okay. mind. Uh, Nobody? Okay. Distracted by remembering the horrible, faceless, blubbery white thing. So he's rather pleased that you all seem to have agreed to this. Um, um, he decides to wrap up dinner. Uh, again, he asks you if there's anything you want. And if not, uh, we can all retire for the evening and we'll pick things up tomorrow and we can go from there. Do we need any kind of training? Uh, in specific to... Well, it sounds like you're equipping a small army to, to take care of these things. Do we need to know, to know more about fighting? I, I know how to fight, but it's Jasper. Well... I don't need to know how to fight. I can just use you as cover. Well, I'll cover you, but what if they come up from behind me? I want you to kick I'll him in the stand in front of you. That works. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the sense that he hasn't given you a time yet, but... Well, you know what? I'll just say this. He, he would like to tell you that he would like to do this rather soon. But at the same time, he wants you guys to be in peak shape. So that's why he's not really rushing you. So the offer is still there that if any of you have any wounds that you need attention, or you can speak to somebody for... If we stay here too many days eating seven courses, I'm not going to be in any shape to do anything. <laughs> you just got to burn the calories off. Yeah, go for a run. Do some cartwheels. Um, so yeah, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to see nobody. I don't want. I don't want anybody coming anywhere near me. Okay. Um. Well, so unless that, you uh, 
unless you have a shooting range in here somewhere, I think I'm as prepared as I'm going to be. So why don't we say this? So you guys will we'll say he retires. You guys retire down to your uh, rooms. Um, do you guys feel the need? Do you want to talk amongst yourselves at all, or are we are we good on? I think so. I think I'm cool. Jerry doesn't. Jerry probably just goes to enjoy the uh, luxurious accommodations. The bed <laughs> is nice. It's nice and soft, silky. Yeah. All right. Um, how much time do we have? We got fifteen minutes. So how about this? Let's say, say the next day arrives. Uh, you slept like a rock. I mean, it's the first time you felt safe in a very long time. It's the first time that nothing weird and strange has been going on. Um, and in the morning, you guys are met by, you know, they're not wearing lab coats, but they're just wearing like, you know, nice business attire, suits and stuff. Um, but it's clear they're there to help you. So whether you need to see a doctor or a psychiatrist, that's up to you. Tug, you're not interested, right? Mm -mm. In either. Well, I don't know anything about psychology, my character, so. Mm -hmm. What was the, their their head, head shrinks? Yeah. So I don't I don't know why I would ever need one. Okay. Of course, the psychologist might realize this too. Right. That that Tug's got some problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why they're there. So I probably think they're there to take the specimens. So <laughs> I say. Well, the thing I'd most like to see are the uh, the specimens. Are they are they fit for viewing? Well, okay. So let me let me do this. So, does anybody have any missing hit points? So mine still says I'm uh, missing seven, but shouldn't I have recovered them just by like sleeping and stuff, or no? No, did I say missing seven? No, I'm missing three. So I'm I missing. Seven out I'm of also two. missing three. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Tug, but if you're going to deny any sort of doctor involvement, then I'm going to say you'll just gain one back per night. Okay. So for now, you'll just have the one. Okay. Jerry, if you're willing oh, to be seen by the doctors. Oh, I definitely want to be seen by the doctors if it's obvious that there's still anything amiss or even just to get a checkup. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't actually remember why I'm at seven. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think maybe I got well, I just hit something or... I think it might go. I got as... zapped. That's right. Yeah, it was I, when I got zapped. Yeah. With... Oh, and well, in that case, yeah, in that case, if I still have injury from that, I definitely want to see the doctor. Plus, they might want to examine the injury mm -hmm. because it was made by the mysterious weapon. So, yeah, very, very good does, does the doctor and the psychologist come at the same time? Are they together? Probably not. Probably, I'm thinking the doctors would come first. I'm just thinking that the, the psychologist, if they saw my reaction to the doctor, that, you know, because I'm, I flinch when, so. But, okay, if they're separate, then they might not see that. Mm -hmm. I, I, prob I probably asked the doctor if there seems to be anything unusual about the, the injury. Um, 
not necessarily like it looks it looks like a stun gun with that sort of you know an electrical type injury so you know so burn marks and so intense. strange strange then but not strange to us as players because we know what that would do but yeah. obviously so i said well that is uh that is uh about what it felt like So why not? Um, so do, am I back to full? Yeah, I was going to make you roll, but we'll just say that in in their care, you would you you'll just over the course of the next couple of days, everything just comes back to you. Um, Jasper and Denny, you you guys are good, right? I'm fine, thanks. Okay. Um, so Tug, do you want to? I'll say this: the the psychologist will. Let's, let's put it to a dice roll. I mean, if they want to talk, I'll talk, but I talk because I always talk. Yeah, the, the psychologist will just basically start to interview each of you privately um, and just, you know, how are you doing? How do you feel? Do you want to talk about anything? And um, So they're not going to push you, but it's up to you whether or not you choose to accept their help or not. I ain't talking to no one, Kappa. Well, well what, what what kind of help uh, what kind of help are you offering, Doctor? Well, so so in in or out of game, I guess. So this, I'm basically this is a chance for you to gain sanity. Sanity. All right. Well, Jerry, uh, Jerry probably expects them to like hypnotize him or something, um, and is interested in what they have to say or do. Yeah. So if that gets sanity, uh, I would get some. Now, are you? Are you down? Because if I remember right, you actually got quite a bit. So are you below like your original starting or are you above that? Um, my starting would have been power, right? Yeah. I'm at 69 out of 75. Okay, so you're under still. 69, 75, six points. So let's just do a D6 then. Give you a chance to get up back up to full. I'm at 22 out of 50. <laughs> Still a D100 now. <laughs> um, here's what I think. Uh, realistically, looking at my character, uh, unless the psychologist is willing to actually explore my fear of medical and my f and my complete denial of what happened, um, I might gain one or two back or one one back per night like normal mm -hmm. but yeah they're gonna need to do some serious therapy on me to get me to that would take a lot longer than a night or two <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I just rolled I only get one back I assume mm -hmm. it's because like what does this ordinary like depth psychologist of 1930 like know about how to handle somebody who believes in the occult and has seen like three different kinds of monster and an mm -hmm. alien portal so they're uh, loving you. Yeah. Obviously, you'll I have probably some... am not as free with talking to this as I might be to Mr. Avalard also. Mm. So. Obviously, you'll have some father issues, and uh, <laughs> and you want to have sex with your mother. <laughs> Let's see. Doctor, I'm pretty sure my rifle is really just a rifle. <laughs> Freudian. Yeah, your rifle is just a rifle. Um. How about how about this? How about do a one d four for now? All right. 
But let's also say that the psychologist is well aware that there's something really bothering him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I got four. That's okay. Pretty good. Well, that's pretty good then. So maybe he will express an interest to have you back at some later point. Yeah. Uh, if you're up for it. He probably also tells Mr. Applebart that mm. that kid's got some serious problems. <laughs> Watch that guy. Uh, Danny and Jasper, you're cool on points, sanity? Yes. How many days before we're, we leave? Because I assume this sort of goes on day after day for a little bit. Relaxing. Mm -hmm. He expressed an interest to you that he would like to get things started in about a week's time. Okay. All right, so so then I'm I, I should by the end of that I'll be back up to my normal hit points. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you do, go ahead and adjust those now, then? Yeah. So we don't forget later. Um, but leave your sanity where it is for now. We can right. Figure that out. You know what? Then so well, I think I'm going to end it early then. Okay, before uh, you, you don't want to go into the next part. Before. Yeah, it's probably just too much to just jump in and get started with, so I, th I think we'll just end a little bit. No, it's a good spot. Cool. All right, our players included Mick Swan, George C., Ken Trench, and myself with Jeff Wilkins as a keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. <laughs>